What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show. If you are new to the show, hey, thanks for jumping on. This is all the good and bad inside the world of Apple. We cover the latest news, the big news, the topics that matter if you're an Apple user, but also if you're just a tech fan in general. So welcome to the show. For those of you that have been there from the start or came in midway, thank you so much for coming out. Now, we all know this show is about you all, so make sure to call in, use your voice memo app, applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. Also, to support this show, patreon.com slash Tong is how you do it. Starting at $2 a month, goes up to $5 if it's worth a cup of coffee. $10, $25, the $100 platinum Apple level. You get all these benefits, early access to content, bonuses at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. And you know what? It matters. But also, thanks for supporting me independently. It literally allows me to keep on doing this. So this week, this week's episode is the, I guess, the penultimate episode of just the wrap-ups of all the rumors that we have heard about leading into the Apple event, because Apple just dropped their official invitation this week to the Apple event, which was predicted on October the 13th. And guess when it's going to happen on? October the 13th. Now, they sent out an invitation, and the title of it said, High Speed, kind of like high comma speed, as if you're talking to someone. But obviously, it's referring to high speed, because they like to do a little play on words. The invitation is blue and orange, which could be pointing to colors of the new iPhones, but there's a lot of like little nuggets to pull from. You have the word high speed that obviously tells you we're talking about 5G internet access. Maybe, well, you have a faster processor with the A14. Maybe, but all indications are that it's not going to happen. People want that faster refresh rate, that 120 hertz. Everyone has told me it's not happening. People still don't believe that it's not happening. Maybe they surprise us. I I literally don't want to get your hopes up. I don't think it's going to happen either. Multiple people have told me it's not happening. So let's just say 120 hertz coming in next year's phone. And I've made this point many times here. Most users, other than us, the hardcore techie people that really, 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 really care about it, won't even notice. I even have tech friends that don't even care about it because it does require more battery. But I I love how smooth the experience is. I have it on my iPad Pro. It's hard for me to go back. And just to know that arguably every other phone, major phone, mid-range phone, mid-tier phone, has a 90 hertz display or or higher, it's kind of like, what's going on here, Apple? So we got high speed there. You know, you have a logo with an Apple logo kind of on a circle, dead center, that looks like AirTag. It looks like an AirTag. I'm 99% sure we're going to see AirTags here. If we don't, you can scold me and spank me and say that's a bad Apple. Actually, some of you might like to spank me because people have requested lots of things from me that I will not will not entertain. So high speed also kind of looks like sound waves on it. Could that be a HomePod mini? I've been told that we will see the AirTags, and HomePod Mini at this Apple event. So just a lot to pull from. It's always exciting. Even if it feels like we know everything about the iPhone, I always still love a good Apple event. And with the polish that they have, it looks amazing. Now, the keynote will happen on Tuesday, October the 13th, 10 a.m. Pacific time. 
That is 1, 8, 1 p.m. Eastern time for you all. I will be doing my BTZ live stream, so you can go check it out on my YouTube channel. Got some fun stuff lined up for that because I was able to secure a sponsor for the live stream, friends at TCL, who I rave about just because I've loved their product before they even talked to me. And they're going to be, you're going to have a chance to get, win a 2020 TCL 6 Series 65-inch TV when you come join my live stream. So that's going to be pretty awesome as well. But you know, at the end of the day, people want, so people are asking me if I'm going to do more push-ups because we had that push-up challenge in the last live stream. So I'm thinking of maybe offering some fitness challenge options and letting the audience decide when we kind of do those fun polls to kind of get a pulse of where the audience is. Anyways, go to my YouTube channel. We're going to start at 8.30 a.m. Uh, and that's when the kind of the fun starts and then the keynote starts at 10. And then we do our post show where you all kind of like call in and just release and cry and cheer and mostly cry because we hear everything. But it's it's going to be exciting. So let's talk about the lineup that we're expecting to see. I hate to go over this over and over and over again, but I will try to be efficient and succinct. So let's talk about the iPhone 12 lineup that we expect to see. Four models, a 5.4-inch iPad, sorry, a 5.4-inch iPhone 12 mini, a 6-point with dual-lens camera, a 6.1-inch iPhone 12 with dual-lens camera, a 6.1-inch iPhone 12 Pro with triple-lens camera and LiDAR sensor, a 6.7-inch iPhone 12 Pro Max with triple lens and LiDAR sensor for augmented reality. That's the lineup. 5G will be on all models. New A14 processor, OLED displays. We already talked about no 120 hertz. Face ID will still be there. There have been rumors that they might be squeezing the components together a little bit more to make it a slightly shorter or smaller notch. Rumor. They'll all come equipped with the U1 chip. That's their ultra wireless band chip that allows for communication between devices and is a crucial element of this whole AirTags Find My app platform that I really hope that we see at the event and all indications are that we will see it here. The storages are a little different. The two entry-level non-pro models, the 5.4-inch mini and the 6.1-inch iPhone 12 will come in 64, 128, and 256 gig storage capacities. Gigabyte for those who, who hate it when I say gigs. The Pro models will start at 128, 256, and 512 for their storage capacities. So you got you got a mixed you got a little uptick in storage capacity after all these years. No power adapter, no wired earpods, potentially a braided cable from Apple that would be a lightning to USB cable, USB-C cable, although I don't see why they would throw that in. I still think that's an extra cost. They I I still imagine they would just throw in like a lightning to USB cable just because most people don't have a USB-C charger yet unless they want people to go out and buy them and they're not including it. I could be wrong, but people still, at least Apple users, that's the thing. Apple users aren't even, in general, aren't accustomed to owning a USB-C power adapter. I bit the bullet and outfitted all my gadgets with that, I think about two years ago, and I was mad about it, but now I'm desensitized to it. But I sometimes forget that most people do not own USB-C chargers for their products or bought the larger, more powerful, uh, was it 18-watt adapters? Because I think they're coming out with a potential 20-watt one. But again, it's something that not everyone has. So that's the iPhone lineup starting at 649, 749 for the iPhone 12. 
$999 for the iPhone 12 Pro and $1,099 starting price at the entry-level capacity for the iPhone 12 Pro Max. And yeah, iPhone 12 mini, $549. So what does that lineup sound like to you? Because it always comes down to where you are in the upgrade cycle. I think if you own arguably a 10 or higher, if you waited on the 11S with the iPhone 10, I will still say if I had a 10 and I was someone who likes to upgrade a good amount, I would be borderline. I might go for the 12S or even try and just get an 11 Pro. Sorry, 12S, what am I saying? Go for the 12 Pro, even though I might arguably just, you know, tell you go for the 11 Pro, just because the 11 Pro is still in my mind one of the best iPhones when you look in the entire lineup. We had the original iPhone. I know there was antenna gate, but the iPhone 4S design was still really slick. So let's say iPhone 4, iPhone 5, I kind of bunched those together. And then the iPhone 11 Pro, those are my favorite iPhones of all time from design-wise. The camera, the battery life is great. So some people that are on the 10, you might be happy with what you have. You're on the border. I would only say if you want that extra camera goodness, make that jump. Now, if you're on a 7 or a 6, I think making an upgrade, if you are if you always, let's say, upgrade after three or four years or so, I think it's a solid upgrade. But someone like me who has the 11 Pro, there is nothing there that is compelling me to say, I got to get a 12 Pro yet. Do I have to get one to review? Yes. Uh, you know, it has the new design. It seems weird because it has all these things under the hood. But, you know, how, much, how many of us are really taking advantage of 5G speeds on a, on a regular? Not many of us. Uh, how much will the OLED display really matter? It'll look good side by side with non-OLED displays, but day to day, it's nice, but you probably won't feel it that much. There's no 120 hertz, still has face ID. Um, the iPhone 11 has a U1 chip. The 12 will have a U1 chip for the Find My platform, but that's not an essential like a must-have. So it's it's... I'm really curious to see how many people are going to upgrade to this. They will still sell bonkers. Apple always does. There's different people in different phases of the upgrade life cycle. But I'm curious because I, for people that are the type of user that likes to upgrade, let's say at least every two years, I'm not getting a lot of excitement from you all. So we will see again. Tuesday is when they do the keynote and we're going to get all the official details. Everything I dropped on you is completely unofficial, but has been rumored and reported ad nauseum by so many different outlets that and because the rumor mills are so good now you've got you've got to imagine that it's a pretty accurate bunch of information out there also air tags i'm not sure how many of you are really excited about this i've i haven't been trying to force it down people's throats or instill excitement in people but when i heard about them i was already excited about it I love the idea of just having the option, you know, throw an air tag on an expensive thing that I have, maybe like uh, my DSLR camera or what else? A car? <laughs> I mean, there's things you can put it on. Your keys, obviously. But I, I'm just really curious of how they're going to show off the features of this. And I think that they might be the most buzzworthy announcement from this, at least for tech fans, I don't think mainstream media is they're going to be mainstream media is going to say Apple released tags to help you find. Actually, it might be the headline other than saying new iPhones and a tag that tracks you down to the inch. I could I could see that. I think about like, what do, what do I see on the six o'clock news? I could see that. 
So AirTags will use the U1 chip ultra wideband. Um, it gets down to centimeters of location. Also, the ecosystem. Now, here's the thing. We've talked about tile. We've talked about um, tracker, these different location tags. And tile had the option and the ability for users to create a network where you could help someone potentially find your product. But unfortunately, the tile user base wasn't prevalent enough to really make this effective. And this is, again, where the ecosystem is going to have a huge influence on this. Without the ecosystem, this is just another tag. It doesn't matter. With the Apple ecosystem, this becomes the most powerful location tracker that you can find your lost items. So let's, and this is going to be an opt-in program from all indications, meaning if you want to be a part of it, cool. If you don't, you don't have to, but it will anonymously encrypt who the users are. But let's say I lose my uh, Apple watch at a gym. I don't know why I'd be taking it off. Maybe in the, I don't even go to the a gym <laughs> and use the showers, but let's say I leave my Apple watch there. Well, other users in the Apple ecosystem, and we know there are plenty of them, just happen to walk by, hopefully wearing a towel around their waist and holding their phone. It would be able to to detect that that item is lost. It would send a signal to that user's phone. They would then contact me to let me know that it's here. If the user probably retrieves it and grabs it and takes it, they can probably on their app make a note that I have this for you and I don't know if you meet in a neutral spot to make the trade or whatever, but ultimately, I mean, what would be interesting is like, oh, go to an Apple store to pick it up. Well, you can't do that right now, but I could absolutely see people, basically Apple stores acting as a lost and found. I never thought about this until just now. That's another kind of crazy thing because safety is important about, you know, you can meet in person if you want, but that's kind of freaky these days, even before these days. Drop it off at an Apple store and go pick it up at, at an Apple store. Oh my God. Anyways, I think this is kind of amazing. It will be very powerful and very cool. So AirTags, we don't know the price on it. We don't know when they will actually be available. Some of these trackers out there from Tile, I, I believe are typically around 20 to 30 bucks. So is Apple going to make theirs 40? <laughs> 50, it better not be 50. These things are reportedly the size of about a bottle cap. 30, 40, I could see Apple pushing for 40. Dear Lord. Maybe do a bundle pack. We'll see. The third product that we are expecting to see at this keynote, HomePod Mini. And it's about downtime. It would be a smaller version of the HomePod, but being smaller means it's just not going to sound as good. So for example, if you look at the current HomePod, which you know I rave about all the time for its sound and for no other reason, um, the HomePod currently has seven tweeters and then the sound gets funneled down and uh, exits, I believe, from the bottom and then like in this 360 to kind of create this 360 feel. The presence presence is unreal. It just, again, I can't get over how good the freaking thing sounds, okay? So we have that. Well, the HomePod minis will reportedly only have two tweeters. That's not gonna sound nearly as good as a regular HomePod, without a doubt. Um, I'll be interested to see, will these all, will you have to plug these in or will it be portable? I think if it's a smaller speaker, it doesn't have to be portable. I actually like the idea of bigger speakers being portable than smaller ones because the smaller one you just put on a shelf or it's plugged in a wall nearby. Anyways, we don't have a price on these HomePod minis. This is something that is crucial to me for Apple to turn the tide to make the HomePod a product that can exist everywhere because 
I really think Apple thought that people were so comfortable with their phones that Apple just said, hey, you don't need speakers everywhere you go. You have your phone. And you're right, but what happened is once Amazon, Alexa, Google Assistant, Google, their products were so cheap compared to Apple's, do you people got used to the idea of just putting them anywhere and it's nice to actually walk around the house without your phone on you and say commands and something happens. Now, everyone can say, oh, you can do that with the HomePod. Yeah, but for $299, what is the, what is the cheapest Amazon Alexa? Is it like 30 bucks? So... That's a huge, huge difference. We're going to see, this is one of the first steps for the HomePod, at least maybe giving Apple a little bit of a, an uptick in percentage for the smart home speaker, but it's a, it's a long road because we had talked about it maybe like about a month ago and I'd broken down the stats for US smart speaker share, you know, how many speakers have been purchased percentage-wise in households. As of the beginning of 2020, because I look at these stats all the time and just remember off the top of my head, Amazon Alexa platform is at 50% of the entire smart speaker US market share. Google jumped up, I think like eight percentage points roughly from 2019. They're at 31%. Apple, how did they do last year? They were at 2.7%. How did they do this year? 2.8%. So the needle didn't move at all for basically a year, which is horrible and not so good if you're Apple. But at the same time, I don't think Apple has taken this seriously and tried to compete. They've just said, we're making a great... They, I, I really feel that they were hoping that the sound of the HomePod would carry it. But when you can't even use Bluetooth audio from a non-Apple device to go to a HomePod... I'm not even talking about a physical uh, mini jack connection. I'm talking about Bluetooth. Every speaker that I know of, you can at the very minimum send your audio over Bluetooth. Now, Apple might be saying, hey, we want it over Wi-Fi. We want better quality audio. Okay, but that doesn't really, really matter to people. So when your HomePod itself can't use Bluetooth, so any other person without an iPhone can't use it, we've got families, apartments, mixed um, ecosystems. That that was a huge one for me. Obviously, it needs to be more compatible with smart home devices. I just recently got some um, like outdoor lights for backyard. Works with Alexa. Works with Google. Doesn't work with Apple. The last smart home compatibility, you know, when you talk about products and devices, I did a tally of them. I believe Amazon's Alexa-enabled devices hit somewhere around, I believe it was now like 60,000. Google, it hit somewhere around 35,000. Apple was around 600. So yeah, a $99 HomePod isn't the only thing that's gonna turn this around, but everyone's been asking for it and we know how the patient Apple users are because they're so deep in that ecosystem, no matter what, Apple can take all, it's to the disadvantage of us as users, but to the advantage of Apple, where they can kind of milk it and take their time knowing that we're still gonna be there. And I, I've got to imagine most of you that are here that are Apple ecosystem people would agree that they have you by the cojones. 
They do. They absolutely do. Yeah! All right, so HomePod Mini will be one of the other items. Now, there's also been talks, rumors about the AirPod Studio, right? The over-ear headphones. The latest report from John Prosser, he claims that Apple will not be done with mass production of the over-ear noise-canceling AirPod Studio until October the 20th. So its fate is kind of in, in limbo for this event. Apple could arguably announce them and say they'll be available at a later time. Or we could just wait to see these at the next Apple event, which I've got to imagine. It's been rumored that they'll have a November event for the Apple Silicon Max. Hey, wait it out. Give us another goodie to talk about. And we have the uh, AirPod Studio. So if I had a, if I was a betting man, although I think it would be nice for it to show up as an audio product mm, with the HomePod Mini, what am I going to say here? I'm going to say they'll save it. I think I'm going to be wrong though. But I don't, it doesn't serve them enough to just announce it. We got to see them. We got to see someone touching them, using them. I want to see, I want to see really cool demos with them, quite honestly. So AirPod Studio, potentially, that's that's a big maybe. That that could be a one more thing, but we'll see what happens. The other item, Apple TV, not going to be at the show, but we have some new rumors here from Chocobit, or sorry, at Chocobit on Twitter, aka Fudge. So we got more Fudge leaks. Apple's working on Apple TV models, and we're talking about two versions. One with an A12 chip and another one with an A14X-like chip. This is according to the rumor released by Fudge. And Fudge also mentions that a new controller is going to be in the works. It's not clear if they're talking about, he or she is talking about an actual physical Apple TV remote or an actual game controller, but he uses the word controller. Also, the other thing is that some of these games, we know that Apple Arcade, Apple hasn't released the numbers of how successful it is. I still think the service is really great for families. We had a caller talking about it, like this is not for hardcore gamer. This is for casual users. This is for people that don't want ads on their games. And and I would say the games are definitely quality and you get a rotation, so it kind of mixes things up for you. I think if I had time to game more and I was maybe younger, I would want my par- parents to buy it for me. <laughs> and I, I, I might do it as well. I. I mean, back in the day, there's so many different platforms to game on. Now, it's it's hard for me to say that I would prioritize um, Apple Arcade unless I was traveling more over PS5, Xbox Series X, Nintendo Switch. We're pulled in so many directions. Man, It is we are so lucky to be alive right now. It is crazy. Anyways, the signs of this new Apple TV were uncovered way back in iOS 13.4's beta with the A12 Bionic chip. Um... We do know, according to this report, that some games, again, will only be able to run on an A13 Bionic chip or later. So that would indicate that if there are two models of Apple TV in the work, oh, good Lord, please don't call it Apple TV Pro. It just hit me. I'm like, ugh, I'm going to throw up. Because remember, there is, what is Pro? There is no clear definition of what Pro means to Apple. Because Pro sure doesn't mean it's a 120 hertz display if you're going to call something Pro without putting a Pro iPad type display in it. So that's not Pro. That ain't Pro, bro. So the A12X um, is going to be kind of that entry level and then an A14 chip in that higher end Apple TV. And 
potentially Apple, Apple Arcade games would only run, or uh, some of the more sophisticated ones, on an A13 Bionic. We'll see. I, I think that's a product that we see maybe in the first quarter of next year, at least by the uh, first half of next year. And the reality is that there shouldn't be a rush because if you look at the Apple TV today and you say, what could they do different other than actually falling through with the dream of like an integrated HomePod slash Apple TV product that could have been the center of the home living room that Steve Jobs actually imagined, but then Apple decided to be like, hey, let's just make a cool speaker. And it's a great sounding speaker, but that's about it. So, so we'll see when this all comes together. Also, Apple TV News, if you got the free one-year subscription to Apple TV, I hope you don't cancel it early because Apple is giving us an additional three months of free access and extending that free trial subscription all the way through January. I believe it started in November when they did it, but it's extended now through January. So, um, oh, so it looks like it. reports are saying it could be even extended up to February 2021. Okay, well, we'll see We'll see what that cutoff date was like, November to December to January. I guess if it was mid-November, they could extend it over to a February. So here's my hunch and what I'm thinking about. Why would Apple do this? Okay, A, not enough people are signing up for Apple TV+, Plus. let's be real, like actually signing up for it. B, with coronavirus, uh, a lot of content and studio content was delayed. I'm not saying that Apple's gonna drop a bunch of this stuff in droves, but if they could, knowing that they're sitting on how what almost two trillion dollars, I think it would be kind of smart for them to like make Apple TV Plus available in Feb, as least up to February. I don't know when season two of the Morning Show is coming on, but that is by far, in my mind, their best show they have. It is a show worth watching, but again, it's it's not worth getting an entire service for. It's a good show. It's a it's more than above average. It's a good show. It's a good to great, but I wouldn't say it's a great show. That's just me. You don't have to listen to me though. So I say like extend it out to February, release the morning show, like maybe the first two or three episodes and then cut people's subscription off because, hey, they already extended it three more months. So that's more than generous. And then if people are really digging the morning show season two with this free one year and now three month service, you cut them off and that kind of encourages them to subscribe someone also not someone my boy gil friend of the show he says ted lasso is awesome that's we're checking out i haven't had time to do it because it's apple iphone season right now it's it's the iphone season it's kind of crazy right now so that's another good show to check out um for all mankind that lost a lot of momentum with me i don't even remember what the jason momoa show was the the show where the people can't see. I don't even remember what it was called. Because I stopped watching that too. Um, but they have like the Beastie Boys special on there. I should probably try and watch that. It's Part of it is just I just don't have time. So anyways, I'll stop rambling. The Apple TV Plus service has been extended for three more months for users. So that's, that's worth celebrating. That's really, really cool. We also know that we are expecting to see the Apple iPad Air 4. Apple announced uh, over at their last keynote that it would be coming out sometime in October, which means that should be happening anytime soon. Maybe it's going to come out at the end of October, but we have some kind of good insight here because the first benchmarks of the iPad Air 4 appeared online 
um, using the Geekbench tools, and it kind of reveals where it stands in comparison to some of the other processors that Apple has already released. So, love to dream discovered because they're able to identify the motherboard number and then connect that to the iPad Air 4 that was being used, and it was a Wi-Fi only device. This is their six-core chip. And according to the Geekbench score, it achieved a single core score of 1,583 and a multi-core score of 4,198. Okay, so 1,583, 4,198. Now, if you want to compare it with what's out there, the A13 chip, that's what's in the current iPhone 11 and 11 Pro lineup, it's... it outperformed the A13 chip, which it should. The A13 chip, my voice almost cracked. It didn't. I swear it didn't. Maybe it did. A13 chip is a 1336 single core performance. A14 chip is 1583. A13 multi-core score, 3569. A14 is 4196. So it's got about 600 points higher on a multi-core score. Now, if you compare it to the A12Z, this is the chip that exists in the iPad Pro, it gets it gets a little different here because remember the A12Z unlocks one of the graphics cores. So you have the A12Z single core score at 1118, whereas the A14 is at a 1583. So the A14 on a single core score easily outperforms the A12Z in the iPad Pro 4. Now if we talk about the Multi-core score, the A12Z recorded a score of 4,564. The new A14 recorded a 4,198. So what's interesting about these benchmark scores is this is what experts had already predicted before we got to see these final results, that the A14 would outperform the current iPad Pro in a single-core score, but not in a multi-core score. So it's just something to let you know that the A14 in that iPad Air 4 is going to be a beast because they have never untapped the true potential of the A12Z, which is crazy to just show how much overhead they have, how much further ahead they are of other competitors in this space. And I love, I mean, I I guess I hope to see the new iPad Pro's first, first half of uh, 2021, but more like spring. All right. This story, I'm sorry I have to tell you about this. I I said sorry last week when I had a report about an iPhone 13. Oh my gosh. Are we really doing this? Yeah, we're doing this. According to a report from iPhone leaker, Apple leaker, Ice Universe, we've talked about a smaller notch, maybe them potentially um, squeezing the components on the Face ID, true true depth camera on the iPhone 12 Pro versus what it was on the iPhone 11. This latest report that says on the iPhone 13, the notch will still be there, but it'll be shorter. It'll be basically shallower. It won't go down as deep. They included a little handwritten sketch. It it looks about maybe instead, if the current notch was 100%, this new notch looks like it's at maybe 70%. So it's just a little shallower. Okay. I I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> I just don't. I can't do it, guys. It's a 
it's too much like you know apple apple's going to be so excited when they when they reduce that notch we are so proud to be a part of it all right let's go check out the phone calls if you notice i did you all a favor i didn't put a major ad in the middle of the show it's a shorter show so i want to kind of show love to all of you for all your support i'm i'm so grateful for it so let's get to our phone calls here we got to remember to be a part of the show apple bits show at gmail.com your name where you're from what you want to talk about i gotta imagine there is so much to talk about after this event i'll have a reaction show to the keynote um special guest rich demiro tech reporter from ktla will be on that episode so we'll have fun talking about but i would love to get your calls and thoughts about apple's announcements and again sometimes you guys keep it too long try and try and narrow it down to one thing or two things and keep it around a minute a minute 30 once you hit over that it gets way too long so just some friendly advice for you okay all right first up we've got a call from jeff hey brian tong uh this is jeff kinney Evansville, indiana i just want to say thanks for the podcast and we got a bad apple here this new podcast app on ios 14 sucks I hate it. I want to go back to the old podcast app. I hate how you go to like, you know, Apple Bytes, and if I miss three episodes, then I have to go and search for the three episodes, and it's just saying that I missed the three episodes. Not that I miss your show, but like if I'm on vacation, then I, I miss podcasts that week because I don't listen to them until the following week. All right, man. Hope they get this fixed. Thanks, man. Bye. Jeff? I feel your pain. I did the same exact thing. So you know what I did? I was like, okay, let me get to the bottom of this and just start tapping on the screen everywhere possible because he he makes a great point. Okay, so I'm going to let people, because you all listen to podcasts, in the Apple Podcast app, you know, when you have new stuff, it says, listen now. You click on the artwork and you go into the podcast. But the problem here is you're only in that specific episode. So what I found is in, this is stupid too that Apple's doing this. Instead of clicking on the actual artwork or the icon, click on the text below it and then you can go you can scroll down and there's an option that says more episodes and that's where you see all the episodes. So instead of it being one step to see all the episodes on top of the podcast you want to listen to, you got to click on it, scroll down go to more episodes, and then hit it. So instead of searching for it, because if he just clicked um, you know, the icon and started listening, he wouldn't even be able to get to that new option to see more episodes. I'm sorry, it's not my fault. I know you're mad about it, and you know what? You know what's coming up? It's a bad apple. Who's bad? Oh! I actually like that. I actually like that bad apple. It has that... You gotta dig it. Okay, so thanks for that. Hopefully that helped resolve that. All right, the only other call here, uh, no name, but we're going to play it. Brian Tong, what's going on? You talked about the, quote, screech, end quote, iPhone 13 last week and um, talked about an iPhone SE 3 the year after. How many years and iPhones do you think they are working on at this very moment? How far out can they be? Just curious. I know you have some inside scoop, and I like thinking about the development of products. Are they working on a 14? A 15? What? 
All right, my man. Uh, you can bet that they're working on a 14 or 15. I mean, typically, what typically in product development, you're looking out two to three years ahead of time. Now, this doesn't mean that they haven't had this North Star idea, and who knows if they've scrapped it, but this idea of a completely portless iPhone that is just like a slab of glass that wirelessly charges, maybe magnetically, uh, you know, or from a data standpoint, USB-C, but ultimately, eventually, just transfers data uh, wirelessly, completely clean piece of glass. So that's like their North Star that they're always going towards. Then you have what they've looked out two, three years in advance. But the other thing that people may not really think about is, and if you think about it, they have multiple versions of the current iPhones that they're developing because just in case uh, features don't pan out. So, you know, when you think about it, remember there was a time where we were getting major innovation every year. And then things kind of started to slow down and we really kind of see a jump now every two years. But now, I mean, you're even starting to get to, let's say realistically, at least for an Apple user, every three years, you might see like a big jump. Specifically, we're talking about from the 10 to the 11, 10 to the 10S to the 11 to the 12. So that's, yeah, roughly a three-year jump over four years. So, you know, it, they don't, the sensors, the manufacturing you know, the supply chain can be difficult. Also, when they're developing these products, you know that new sensors become available over time. So they they do pivot. I mean, this this whole, think about, if you just look at this freaking iPhone, this is the thing. I have fun criticizing them when they do dumb things because of decisions they make. But I rarely do I say, oh, that that camera is just absolute crap, If it unless it's really absolute crap, because look at this is a mirror this thing is a miracle that we're holding in our freaking hands so you always got to always got to kind of appreciate that aspect of it always have to anyways they're working around a two to three year timetable they have the north star and they have multiple versions that's why something like for example they've got to source different parts and be really flexible to move on things for the 120 hertz display was something that if you look at a year ago, what the iPhone plan was based on what the rumor reports were, you can tell things just didn't come together this year, whether it was because of coronavirus, um, shutting down factories, whether it was just purely because of the development cycle. You know, there were rumors that we'd finally, that Face ID would, you know, kind of be phased out and potentially be gone by this model, but we're nowhere close to that. Even just having a touch sensor in the glass whether it's the technology that Apple just isn't happy with, which is a thing, that they'll just be like, ah, we're not going to use it. We're going to stick with what we got. Some people even wish they put the fingerprint sensor that's in the iPad Air 4 power button on these new iPhones. Hey, maybe they do it, but I, I don't think they are. If they keep the notch, why are they going to do that? Like they, they, That would be reversed to what they've been preaching for the past three or four years. So I think that we have to appreciate product development and still get frustrated by it, but still appreciate the genius and the amazing work that all these people do. I mean, it's this, these things change our lives. I I still get crazy by the fact that I can do like an eBay transaction and sell something of mine wherever I am and, and finalize that transaction just on this freaking supercomputer in my pocket. We we're so spoiled. We take these things for granted so much, but 
I just, I love, I love to talk about it and we all love to talk about it and kind of go back and forth and have fun with these things. So um, I'm excited about the keynote. I don't know about you all. I know it might feel a little underwhelming, but I remember when the iPhone 11 came out, I, we knew everything that was going to, that it was going to be. We knew what it was going to look like. We knew it was going to have a triple lens camera. We knew everything. But then once I used it, just how seamless the triple lens camera and the software went together versus any other multi-lens camera out there on the market at that time. And then the battery life was just godly for that device specific if you're an iPhone user year after year. It's not so godly anymore with iOS 14. Let me tell you, it still hasn't gotten better for me. But the iPhone 11 Pro was a phone that I did not expect to care about or even want to upgrade to, and I absolutely upgraded. I skipped the 10s, but I did not skip the 11 Pro. So you you never know. They can still surprise us. And if I think it's really that special, I'll let you all know. I will say it. And if I think it's okay, I'll also say that. Because it's not like Apple's providing me with models, so they're going to influence me. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for hanging out. We got to show major love to our Platinum Apples at the $100 level for support. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Luce, and Eric Cohen, thank you so much. And for all of you listening, patreon.com slash Tong is how you support all my content, the video content, and then specifically this podcast. Early benefits, early, oh, sorry, exclusive benefits, early access, and a completely ad-free version of the show. So that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Again, the Apple event, October 13th, 2020. That's this year. That's next week, Tuesday. Check out my live stream at youtube.com slash Tong. It's always fun. And I encourage you all, call into the live show. It's hard to get through. I open up 10 freaking lines and they're filled the entire time. I don't know, y'all crazy. I'm so grateful that we can all just kind of enjoy it. And I guess I say enough of the right things that y'all keep coming back. So <laughs> we'll see you there. I'm so stoked. I, I can't wait. AirPods, HomePod mini, maybe AirPods studio, probably not, but it'll all be their Apple event Tuesday, next week, October 13th. And the post show will be fun. And then we got the whole recap. Rich Jamil will be here to talk all about it with me. All right. So take everybody, be safe. You know, these times are crazy, but continue to be grateful for everything that we have in front of us and around us. And, uh, you know, we're getting through this together. All right. Love y'all. Take care. Peace.